Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Reframe.fm. My name is Hakim. In this day and age, whereby there has been so much tension surrounding issues of race, police brutality and other crises all around the globe, it can be hard to focus on what is important to us. Thus, we would like to bring our focus back to Singapore. As many of us have learned in our education system, Singapore is a melting pot of ideas, cultures and shared experiences. Therefore, in today's episode, we would like to provide more insights and perspectives of minority races in our Muslim community in Singapore. This will be a two-part series whereby we invite guests who have a unique experience in the Muslim community in Singapore to share their stories. So last week, we talked about how social media has influenced the way we think. And among the many issues that we see on social media include issues of society, race, culture and religion and so on. So one of the most famous um, uh, issues is the BLM movement that we see all around circulating around um, social media. Um, but more closer to us, closer to our hearts, is um, the multiracial society that we ourselves live in in Singapore. So being a multiracial society, surely these racial issues are also relevant to us, especially as, as more people are gaining awareness about um, minority voices and so on. So what better way to explore this issue in depth than by listening to the perspective of minority voices themselves, and in this case, minority voices within our Muslim society. So let us begin. Okay, hello. So today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, we have uh, Nusrat Jahan. Uh, so Nusrat is a uh, fresh graduate uh, from Life Sciences in, from NUS and uh, she had served in uh, NUS Muslim Society before. She is uh, a Bengali Muslim, so that is very interesting today. Uh, so maybe Nusrat, you, would you like to introduce yourselves a bit more? Hi Nusrat! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Nusrat Jahan. So, as what Hakim said, uh, I'm a fresh graduate. So, I just graduated from life sciences. Alhamdulillah. Um, yeah, what else do you want to know about me? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing now? Like, since we've just graduated, have you landed a job or like, are you still, you know, in that transition phase? Like, what's going on right now? Uh, right now, I mean, with the circuit breaker and all just ended uh i've been spending most of my time at home looking for mm. jobs mm-hmm. no fresh graduates i feel like just stay at home spend a lot of time alone <laughs> <laughs> so i've just been staying at home uh, attending classes online as much as i can mm. yeah that's really mm. about it very yeah, actually, boring for everyone's information like all of us all three of us are from the same batch so Yay. yeah, we recently just graduated. <laughs> so uh, Hakim and Nusra actually share the same major, life sciences, if yeah. you all remember. Yes. So yeah, and interestingly, <laughs> um, since we're talking about, uh, we mentioned uh, Nusrat's involvement in NUSMS. Interestingly, me and Nusrat served one year together in the 55th NUSMS. I'm mm-hmm. sure Nusrat has a lot to talk about with regards to that experience. So yeah, Very that's enjoyable. A, yeah, <laughs> that's a common experience that we have. So I think, yeah, that leads us nicely to kind of like understanding a bit of the backdrop of today's conversation. So 
Um, I guess in general, um, I'm sure your NUS experience has been really colorful, but um, maybe to focus on NUS MS, right? Your experience in the mm-hmm. NUS Muslim society. Um, maybe you can provide the rest with a bit of context as to how your experience was in terms of what you did, what other things you were involved in, what was your position. And then from there, then maybe we can explore some of the uh, other issues that we want to talk about today. Okay, so um, I guess I can start by when I first entered NUS. So when I first entered NUS, uh, maybe I'm already going to be going into the topic slightly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's okay. You can yeah. just pick up any points and stop no me anytime. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> All right, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first uh, actually came to NUS, I joined a freshman orientation camp. So that was kind of my first experience with the Muslim mm-hmm. community in NUS. So I joined FOC. Uh, it was quite different for me because I really felt like uh, it was a culture shock because mm-hmm. I wasn't really used to having um, a lot of Muslim friends growing up. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of like probably the third time I had an experience with like a Muslim uh, community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like what I said, it was a culture shock when I entered. Um, but through FOC, I feel like it kind of eased my way into joining more events. So I eventually ended up joining NUSC LAT. Mm-hmm. which is the uh, martial arts uh, in NUS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hakim's in it. Nuha was Yay. in it too. But Nuha wait. was in no, it. No, no. <laughs> Don't mention anything about my participation <laughs> in that. <laughs> that is strictly <laughs> confidential. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned um, culture shock, right? But I mean, I'm curious, like what exactly, I mean, if you were to put yourself back into that year one mm-hmm. um, self, right? What exactly was shocking or perhaps new to you in that experience as a maybe Bengali Muslim or as a new student? Um, I would say, first of all, because when I entered NUS, I wasn't uh, wearing the hijab. So mm-hmm. to enter a community where everybody's uh, putting on the hijab, and for them, it's something so normal. It's not something I was used to uh, mm-hmm. growing up as well. So that was quite shocking for me to know that the hijab can be something that's so like normal in people's lives. Uh, as well as the... I mean, obviously, I stood out because I didn't really look Malay. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, for me, it was quite overwhelming to see so many, um, like, people of the same race come together. Mm. And also the uh, the part about, you know, praying together, Jama'ah, all Mm. the uh, Islamic, the Islamic perspective Mm. I heard, it was not something I was used to before. Because we don't really have such a strong, um, I would say, Muslim community elsewhere, outside Mm -hmm. of NUS. I wasn't exposed to that before. Mm. So this was my first time in mm. that situation, in that setting. Mm. So it was, I would say, a culture shock. And before, yeah. before, before NUS, you were in my same school as me, right? Oh, yeah. In CJC, I right? I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how, how, how different was it, like, if you were to compare between in CJC versus in uh, NUS? I think that might have some interesting perspectives, right? Yes. Okay, so the thing is, right, my JC experience was quite interesting, I would say. Um... So if you really want me to go back <laughs> to the like, <laughs> you know, um, I had very different friends. I would say um, interesting friends, definitely, mm-hmm. because uh, they did tend to kind of uh, very uh, outwardly portray me as a Muslim. Mm. So um, it was kind of like shocking for me, like, oh, why do you have to outwardly? you know, like, label me as a Muslim so much, so often. And especially because in JC, uh, we were learning, you know, topics like terrorism and whatnot. So for them, they would always use that to, like, kind of look at me. Yeah, I don't know. JC boys are immature. (laughs) 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 I'm kidding. All right. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. So it was just different, you know, from mm. that environment coming into NUS. Mm. I feel like, oh, actually, I don't feel so different anymore. Like I, I was mm. the only Muslim in my JC classroom. Probably mm. like the only one or two Muslims in my entire batch. Mm. Honestly, there weren't a lot. Mm. Yeah. So coming into that, where I'm completely surrounded by Muslims, it was mm. quite amazing. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting because I feel like today's conversation, like we are touching on two um, interesting tenets here, which is one is race and one is religion because like we are talking yes. about NUS Muslim society. But then like um, we have uh, our guest today is a Bengali Muslim. And I guess like the common knowledge is that uh, NUS specifically, NUS MS is, I mean, majority made up of Malays, right? Malay Muslims. So I think that's something that is like um, uh, statistically like evident. So it's interesting because you said that uh, in JC, you were kind of like the one sticking out. But then in NUS, you felt like, oh, actually, like there are a lot of people like me. But with regards to your race itself, like in terms of being a Bengali Muslim, did that kind of affect um, your interactions or the way people perceive you? Or did you feel like actually it was a seamless kind of um, integration? Because I feel like there are interesting dimensions here. Yes. Um, so with regards to how people perceive me, I would say it's not really about how people perceive you but it's more about how you perceive yourself so for me okay. the culture shock was because I felt like I was different from others mm. so when I came in my mind kind of like shaped uh, like told me thoughts that oh you don't speak like them you don't look like mm. them so you're different you know mm. but then uh, the ease came when people uh, didn't look at me differently and you know that brings us to the point of these differences, you only feel different when someone points these differences out to you. Mm, so for mm. me, it was me pointing these differences out to myself, taking notes uh, of them mentally. That's how I felt different. But uh-huh. I was eased into this process of, you know, integrating into this community because mm. people didn't really see me as different. Mm. You know? And I feel like they made a lot of uh, adjustments or not adjustments. I would say they really ensured that I was comfortable Mm. So if let's say, I mean, the camp itself was conducted in English. So mm. even the orientation of, camp. Yeah, it? the orientation okay. camp. Correct. So mm. even though there were a lot of Malay speaking people, um, mm. I, fe- I didn't really feel like I was left out or anything mm. um, because of I was a different race. Mm. Yeah, so it was interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm sure there were much, I'm like, Sorry, you see? <laughs> there were things like where my, where there will be slip ups like that. <laughs> yeah, there will be slip ups like that. That uh, maybe that was like not planned, by the way. <laughs> not <laughs> in the script. <laughs> there will be slip ups like that. That or maybe they tell mm. a joke in Malay mm. or yeah. or things like that. Do, do mm. you feel like or maybe culture wise also? Do you think that was mm. a very different? Um, uh, it was very hard for you to get it or maybe it, it just takes some time to learn mm. or maybe it was just natural to you. Yeah, and maybe not necessarily with regards to FOC alone, but you know, in yeah. your evolution throughout your whole of NUS, um, throughout your whole undergraduate years, you know, like being in, you mentioned TILAT, right? And then NUS MS, for example, both yeah. in ad hocs and in the exco. So yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of experiences um, that you went through. Um, so I think... Uh being in NUS TILAT uh, helped that a lot, actually, because <laughs> <laughs> helped that. Because, yeah. um, I mean, NUS TILAT is a martial arts, uh, Malay martial arts, mm. if I'm not wrong, correct me. But, yeah. um, so a lot of the commands um, that mm. you're like told to do is in Malay. Mm. So, like, I kind of had to get used to that. Um, and I realized that uh, our coach, uh, Cik Yat, uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but our coach, Yat, um, he also tends to speak Malay a lot. Mm. So I could 
like I had to kind of put myself in a position where I have to make sure I understand all these things mm. so that I'm able to progress further in this sport so that I'm able to learn I'm able to learn the skills um, but I mean for me there was not something that was very uh, different because mm. I'm quite used to all this uh, mm. so I'll tell you a story about my primary school experience later on but then um, that Silat really helped and I feel like the people that I mm. uh, made friends with they also really helped and mm. It was difficult, definitely, because uh, I realized that, like what Hakim said, people tend to like kind of joke in Malay sometimes. They kind mm. of tend to speak in Malay sometimes. But mm. I mean, I don't really mind. I would say it's just when I don't understand, people will be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Let me change that for you. Mm. Let, let, let me translate it for you." So mm. for me, I would rather just like listen and take it all in rather than someone mm. having to make it outright that oh, this is not something that you're used to. Oh. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it was easy for me to just ease into it, but people kind of pointed it out a lot. So I was like, oh no. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh you, you, yeah. do, you, do you, like, is it, okay, maybe I'm not sure if I understand correctly. Do you feel like mm. uh, as if you are a burden if whenever people will always point it out to you? Or is it, like, better for just people to ignore that? Mm. I don't know, like, yeah. What do you, what do you... I kind of felt bad when people like apologize, like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't understand that you don't know Malay." So oh. like, you don't have to apologize because I'm, I put myself in the environment and I'm comfortable. That's why I'm here. Mm. Oh, okay, I understand. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's really interesting that you brought that up because I feel like, I mean, if I were to share my experience, me and Hakim were just talking about it. Like, I guess like exactly what Hakim did just now. Like, you know, those like because we're so used to code switching, you know, between like. Um, yeah. English and our mother tongue and stuff like that. So I think even in the setting of meetings and stuff like exco meetings and stuff like that, mm. like there's that subconscious tendency to just like switch between languages. And sometimes, you know, I forget that it's not just like you, but we have other friends who are non-Malay speakers and stuff like that. And then in these moments, I catch myself like, oh, actually this is a formal meeting and like I actually have to communicate things and everyone has to, under- everyone has to understand, you know. But in these moments, I feel like guilty despite mm. whatever you said about, you know, you being okay with it and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Is it like a weird dynamic that we feel like, you know, there is some, because there is some sort of virtual difference in terms of the language we speak and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, is it for some people, they've integrated enough in order to be okay with it? Or is it um, an issue of, you know, being considerate without people having to point it out? Yeah, what do you think about that? And do you think, mm-hmm. for example, maybe... Other people feel the same way as you do? Or do you have like maybe friends who are frustrated when these things happen and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, um, if, you took, if you ask me about the, whether other people feel the same way, definitely not. Because mm-hmm. I have talked to people, um, I would say, who are Indian Muslims, let's say. Mm-hmm. And they have told me that they do feel a bit uncomfortable um, attending, let's say, talks where, mm-hmm. you know, like you tend to kind of switch to Malay sometimes mm-hmm. and switch to English sometimes. Yeah. So they do feel uncomfortable in that setting and, you know, but for me, I would say I have a different perspective on things mm. because it's something that I'm used to, you know, since young, but maybe for them, they're not as used to it uh, growing up. But for mm. me, I feel like life has always been about adjustment because I would never be in an environment where I can completely feel like, you know, like uh, I'm completely myself, people around me are completely mm. like me. So... Mm-hmm. For me, adjustment has been a big part of my life. Uh, mm. And that's why I would say I've been very uh, comfortable mm-hmm. in any different setting. But what was the other thing you asked? Sorry. The one about you feel guilty, right? Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so it's along the same question as Hakim asked just now. Like, do you feel like, you know, because, for example, you feel different in some way, um, there's that feeling that maybe others should realize this and be considerate towards your needs. Yeah, and this one is I'm asking from a purely like, curi- like I'm sincerely curious perspective because I know sometimes I fall into those biases and those mm. habits and mannerisms. Yeah. Mm. I guess um, for that, I would say it's really about the kind of environment that is set out and the person and everybody knowing what kind of environment they're entering. So mm. for example, I would understand when people uh, say that, oh, you know, I came here for an English talk. Mm. But then when I came here, my expectations were not met and mm. it wasn't an entirely English talk. There were yeah. really uh, conversations in between. So I do feel uncomfortable because the mm. expectations were different. But mm. for me, I would say, let's say in an environment like Silat, where I know it's a Malay martial arts, I know that uh-huh. I have to um, learn some Malay commands, uh, learn some of the language to understand fully what the sports uh, encom- encompasses. So for me, I put myself in that environment and I have to be comfortable with whatever that follows. Mm. You know, of course, I actually really appreciate it when people um, make considerations uh, to cater to my needs. But mm. like how you are feeling guilty, like, you know, that um, that uh, you you might make me feel uh, left out because mm. of the, some things that you do. I feel guilty that, you know, uh. like you, you feel guilty that you have to do this for me because... <laughs> okay. So it really depends the envir- on the environment that you feel. Mm. And I guess both parties need to know, like, and I have a, mm. po- a common understanding on, mm. yeah, mm. that makes sense. Mm. Okay, maybe we, okay, let's go a bit deeper. So maybe I was just <laughs> like curious, like, uh, throughout your experiences in, okay, maybe just in your whole life, lah, let's just mm. say a whole life being a Bengali Muslim, uh, have you ever felt like discriminated against or have you ever felt like, um, like people do not understand you completely because I mean definitely from uh, a Malay Muslim point of view definitely we have felt before as being in the minority race in Singapore uh, being felt as as being made out to be um, being pointed out like what you said to be like minorities uh, yeah so do you ever have that experiences and if so yeah maybe you can share with us mm, yes definitely and I think this is something that every minority race would have felt uh throughout their entire life, at least at one point in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, I guess my first experience with uh, racism actually came when I was in primary school. Mm. Uh, is this a story? No, it's this not. This <laughs> another story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I mean, this is not a very pleasant story. But <laughs> basically, um, I was the only Bangladeshi in my class. Okay. So, um, there were these really mean boys, uh, specifically one of them. He was kind of really mean. He used to like just you know like call me bangla every time oh. so for me i really for me at that age mm. uh, i think i was primary three or primary four mm. i didn't understand what that term kind of uh, connotates you know i didn't mm. know it had a negative connotation to it because for mm. me bangla was like you know my language yeah race. yeah right mm. so um i didn't really understand where he was coming from but the way he used it uh mm. in that in that connotation, it kind of made me feel like, okay, so it's supposed to be bad. Mm. But honestly, I feel like I was a really chill kid. <laughs> so I, kind of, <laughs> I kind of really didn't care. And the thing is, he's not, he's not a part of the majority race as well. He was also mm. a part of the minority races. Mm. So I was just like, why is he bullying me when his mm. race is also a minority? Yeah. So these are the kind of thoughts that were formed in my head. Yeah. Like, 
he mm. has no right to call me out on my race even when his race is not even part of the majority yeah, like yeah. nobody mm. has any right to call you out on mm. anything right yeah and, yeah so that was kind of my first experience it wasn't very pleasant uh, i had to mm. kind of uh, go through all these uh, bullying i would say uh, mm. at a very young age but mm. it really did teach me a lot of patience mm-hmm. alhamdulillah mm. Um, do you do you yeah. think this was because that people do not understand of that, like, I don't know people connot because okay like again you said that the connotation comes from uh, a, a negative connotation because of most of um, uh, our workers for example our uh, construction workers they are all from Bangladesh so do you think it's because of that and then because of that they do not understand and because of their upbringing and stuff like that that led them to become some somebody who leads uh, who makes it who makes this term bangla as a negative connotation uh i'm not sure what or how a primary six year a primary six kid you know could if yeah. six, primary school kid could have yeah. thought about that you know i don't know what are the influences or bringing he went through to have his mind like you know be formulated in that way that he has to use this term you know outrightly uh, so yeah so outrightly but uh, i feel like it really has a lot on the yeah definitely the influence of friends of your parents on the children um at that age i guess friends are a very big uh, influence on you mm. so i would say that uh, maybe the influence around him wasn't very good because mm-hmm. he did have like a group of people to back him up when he used to uh, you know say all these racist remarks mm. yeah and for them i don't know honestly i don't know because i don't <laughs> think they even interacted with uh, migrant workers yeah. they even know you know like the how like how you should look beyond that word mm-hmm. like you know I, i'm not even sure if they know what it means mm-hmm. like, like do they even know mm-hmm. what it did, i don't even know if it was uh, related to the migrant workers in the first mm-hmm. place but mm-hmm. You know, to know that that word is something degre- degradatory. 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 <laughs> <laughs> almost there. Both of you yeah, almost got yeah, it. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Noah. <laughs> okay, whatever Noah said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, to know that that word uh, encompasses that. It's mm. really sad. Like, I don't know how people even thought about it. Where they even mm. thought about it. And if it's really related to the migrant workers, did they even bother finding out how the migrant workers really are? Did they even talk to them? Is it just based on the outward appearance, the yeah. judgments mm-hmm. they made? You know, mm-hmm. it's really sad, honestly. Yeah, I think we mentioned some experiences in school and I mean, in as in school, as in university, NUS, MS and SILAT and everything and also like your primary school. So I think this is definitely... Um, a point of reflection which is like you know whatever interactions that we go through in school actually will affect us and do have an effect on us once we leave you know once we enter yes. like you know quote unquote the real world outside you know in the working mm. world and everything yeah so um how do you think for example um some of your experiences be it either positive or negative um with regards to you know race and religion um may fare once it is once we're talking about the larger society, you know, once we leave this kind of like safe shelter of school, supposedly safe shelter of school, because like, you know, once we go out there, like, you know, there's this, um, there's this uh, opinion that, you know, once you're adults, then like, you know, you'll be accountable for whatever you say and like, you know, like you're not scared of anything anymore. So like, how do you think these kind of things, like for example, calling out people with certain derogatory terms, 
um, actually have an effect on society once we leave the schooling world? Mm, so if you were to go back to the example of that boy who believed mm. me, so at that age, he might not understand what he's doing uh, and the impact it has, you know, on people. So mm-hmm. I still remember that primary school boy, like even though it's like been so many years, yeah. but I'm not sure if he remembers what he did at that point mm-hmm. of time. If, if I were to ask him about his views now, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if he still feels the same way about what he said, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely uh, while people are schooling, you know, it's so important to have the right kind of influence on your children, especially if you have children in the future. It's so important Mm. to teach them all these things at a young age. Mm. Because I really feel like it does shape their mind while they're Mm. schooling, like what you said. Um, Mm. Like, look at how it has an impact on me. You know, Mm. I still remember it so vividly even now. Mm -hmm. But for the the one who is saying it, um, I don't know how much he remembers of it. Probably nothing. He probably doesn't even remember he was being that racist. Mm. But... Is it really something that should be taken so lightly? You know, should he really mm. forget about it? You know, and mm. it's also important for the people at that point of time, those who step in, how they shape that person's mind. So mm. for me, I remember I did complain to my teachers about it at that point of time. Mm. They did talk to him, but I don't know if, you know, he felt like, oh, it's something wrong. If he actually reflected mm. on it at that point of time, or if he felt like, why is she so against me? She has to complain to the teacher about it. Uh. And I'm going to hold this grudge forever, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so while you're schooling, you have people who can shape your mind, who can step in, who can give you these lessons, you know. Mm. And it is on to us to reflect at every point of time. Whenever people are teaching us something, whenever people mm. point out something to us, it's mm. on to us to reflect on what we've done, what we can improve on. Mm. After schooling life, when you enter the working world, it's difficult because you don't have these kind of teachers to guide you, to guide your thoughts, mm. to guide your thinking. You don't, you know, your parents aren't uh, such a heavy uh, impact on you anymore because mm. they have their own things to do and you're expected <laughs> to become independent. You're expected yeah. to yeah. have your own perspectives, your own thoughts on things. So I would say remember these lessons that you have when you're young and always mm. uh, use them to shape your thinking into becoming something better. You know, if I use that incident as something that uh, maybe like something, I really took it to heart and I used yeah. it as... Uh, something that uh, allowed me to look at life very negatively, Mm. then I wouldn't be able, have been able to face the challenges that life would have thrown at me later on. But because I took it as something like, I guess positive in a way, Mm. I I looked at it as maybe the boy was unaware. He's he's also Mm. a different race. He doesn't know what he's doing. Basically thinking good thoughts, something like that. Having positive thoughts. Mm. Uh, No matter how bad the situation is, um, it really allowed me to kind of like prepare myself to face whatever I had to go through later mm. on in life. So, mm. yeah, it's, yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, that was a, an example of Nusrat reframing her thoughts <laughs> and reframing her experiences into something positive. But I think definitely like, um, you know, in this instance of like Nusrat's story, like, I guess like, I mean, one thing I have to comment Nusrat on is like um, her her ability to think good thoughts of people and stuff like that. And of course, that is something that we should practice. I mean, as Muslims and even as just regular human beings. But I think there should also be a balance, like you mentioned, um, in terms of resp- in terms of responsibility of one. Um, for example, in for us, it's uh, for example in the case of like, okay, if I were to just use my experience in uh, NUSMS Exco, like 
understanding that there is a Malay Muslim majority, but also, for example, maybe like um, a smaller group of Indian Muslims, it is my, the onus is on me to ensure that I don't fall into certain mannerisms or habits that exclude, uh, for example, Nusrat and like um, other um, Indian Muslims or Megali, other Bengali Muslims. But in terms of like maybe on the flip side, um, in understanding that we are like, Mundustrat mentioned in that environment, in understanding what you have signed up for and everything, there's also that give and take that needs to be um, exercised. So, yeah, I think I learned a lot from your story, but... Um, um, is I it okay if I add something on also? Yeah, sure. Sure, no problem. Um, I also feel like, okay, so, you know, like having good thoughts, definitely of the person, is definitely something we should practice. But also mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel like it is on to us to express you know if you feel uncomfortable mm. you have to voice it out yeah you know you have to voice it out it's so important yeah. because if you did if you do not voice it out the person who's saying all these things uh wouldn't know the impact of his words on you mm. you wouldn't like you would just you know sweep it under the rug yeah. that's not something that should be done and the people who are watching this incident wouldn't know how yeah. serious it can be mm. you know so you have to voice out your discomfort no matter where you are so that mm. you are aware so that the people uh, who are in this situation watching are aware and the people who are uncomfortable are also... I mean, the people who are saying these things are also aware. Yeah, mm. yeah I think that's a really great point. Like, the, the actually, all parties have a responsibility to kind of maintain this healthy dynamic, regardless if you're a minority or majority or, you know, whatever language you speak. So, yeah, thanks for that reminder. Yeah. And I also <laughs> guess it, it's about educating yourself. Uh, educating mm-hmm. yourself and being empathetic about the yeah. other person on the other side of the room or on the other mm. yeah, like on the other side of the conversation. Mm. Yeah. So in this case, like for example, like uh, maybe the majority race, for example, can get to know more about the minority race and vice versa. Mm. And also even like in this special case, or not special, like, maybe in the case of Muslims in Singapore, we also have mm. minorities within us. So mm. for most of our listeners out there, so maybe get, yeah, just get to know like your minority friends, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Nusrat and <laughs> people like <laughs> people like her also. So which would yeah. be inshallah would be very very helpful, lah, in getting yeah. to know. Uh, and don't people. make them feel different. I think yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think like maybe you know it's so easy to say all of these things, but I think something we always need to remember is it's a work in progress. Like yeah, I mean, definitely. Like when I was in year one, I was ignorant about a lot of things. But mm-hmm. I think one thing I'm really thankful for is you know how being in an NUSMS and maybe generally just being in NUS, you know, where there are so many people from all walks of life, it really opened my mind to a lot of um, people's backgrounds and a lot of people's cultures and stuff like that. And so like, you know, it's slowly being able to accept all these new things that are happening around you. And like Haki mentioned, it's really about educating yourself yeah. every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the Muslim community is just not, it's just not us. Uh. It's just not Malays only or it's just not Indians mm. only or not just Bengalis mm. only. It's yeah. uh, made up from a lot of, a lot of different races. Actually, More than we can even yeah. tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So before we, I guess we end here, uh, Nusa, do you have any like okay. maybe pointers where you want to share with our <laughs> listeners? Yeah. I just wanted to share my primary school story. Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> because it's quite funny. So maybe just to end things on a, a lighter note. So the <laughs> thing is, right, <laughs> since primary school, I, I don't know why, I just really loved like entering like different cultures. So okay. guess what my primary school CCA was? <laughs> what? Okay, wait, let me guess. Oh, Malay, okay. Malay society. No, 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 no. Entering different cultures. Yeah. Buteng. It was a cultural thing. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> Chinese <laughs> no, dance. 
that no, my, my coach Indian, is dance. Indian dance. Yes. So my coach okay. okay. was Indian dance. Okay. So the thing is, right, like whenever they practice dances and stuff, it was always like Temo songs and the coach uh-huh. was Itemo. So it's okay. like everybody there was like Temo. So okay. um, whenever the coach would scold you, it was always also in Temo. But okay. then I joined the CCA because I had, I was really close friends with a lot of them. So I was just like, okay, let's just join. So, woo, you know, it's nice to be in this culture. So I was like, I never saw myself as I'm different, but I was just like, I love like experiencing new things. Mm. So I realized that um, when we were practicing the dances, slowly I got more immersed into it. Um, the coach also understood that I don't understand them more. Mm. So like kind of speak in English for me. Mm. So one thing that was really funny was that uh, whenever he scolded in Tamil, I realized that it was for everybody else. But when he scolded <laughs> in English, I was like, "Did he include you?" Everybody would know it. Okay, this lady. That's why I This is directed to you. <laughs> yes, it was so funny, and I was just like, "Oh no, he's scolding me in English. I should pay attention." <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Very oh well, he took he, he made effort lah to school you. Effort <laughs> <laughs> to school me. Somehow I can imagine this whole thing unfolding. Like knowing yeah. that like I can just imagine the whole scene in my head. But yeah, thank you so much for ending the episode on a funny note. And once again, I think thank you to um to Nusrat for being a guest on this episode. And sharing with us her perspectives, I think it's a really valuable perspective that perhaps we haven't heard of in okay. Reframe.fm. So yeah, um, hopefully you know Hakim and I are just trying to think of ways to kind of bring more perspectives inside and kind of expand um our worldview and our perspective mm-hmm. on different different things um happening in our lives. Yeah, yeah thank you so for having me. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> so I guess before we uh say good out, say our goodbyes from this episode uh, maybe just a question to ask ourselves uh, mm. for our listeners and also for ourselves lah, mm. uh, is whether we are being exclusive through our words and actions yeah so if you guys have any sharings or thought processes do share us uh, do uh, tag us uh, on your Insta story for example or anything like that inshallah uh, we will we will get this conversation going lah. yeah again once again thank you Nusrat for Coming on board, uh, it was such an exciting conversation. Uh, and uh, do stay tuned to our next episode uh, where we will, we'll, inshallah, bring in uh, another perspective into uh, this two-part series of uh, talking about uh, racism and racial issues, inshallah. Yeah. All right. So, see you in our next Bye. episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye.